Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertech has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertech. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This guy was blessed by the rugby league gods, no doubt. Style, grace, speed and smarts. He also boasts a toughness only the elite possess. That's what makes him special. But who is Steve Renoff? Who is Steve Renoff? Mm. Oh, Steve Renoff's a... He's a number 10 child of 12 children to Charlie Nera Renoff. Um, you know, and uh, grew up in a family of eight sisters and, and four, there's four boys, so three brothers, and as I said, number 10 or 12. So, um, you know, we, we grew up uh, with a dad, uh, you know, that was so supportive, uh, especially back in the day with, with 12 children. Wow. Um, indigenous family in a white yeah. community in Mergen. Um, and my mum uh, was, a, was a Christian lady. Um, yep. Uh, you know, and uh, so we, we grew up. With the salvos, uh, yeah. you know, we used to go to Sunday school and 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 the like, and you know, we really, really enjoyed our upbringing. And um, I, I think I was very, very lucky, and I still am lucky. You know, I've, um, you know, I've, I've had a couple of sisters who passed, and my oldest mm. brothers have passed, but um, always been a very supportive family. Um, I, and I think I always say, uh, you know, to my two older brothers, you know, we and I say to my sisters, like you, you know, that they spoil us, and yeah. Um, and it was just like that. And and one thing so good about our family and having grown up in that family is that, you know, we, we might have a, a an argument every now and then, but, but no one holds a grudge in our family. Nice. And that that's that's twelve children. Um yeah. and just never never ever happens. Um mm. you know, we might not agree all the time. Yep. Um and you, you imagine imagine eight sisters. Now you gotta think and not not to be uh you know, talk about women like but the, they blew it all the time. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, but never held a grudge. No, no. They probably st- still have bingles. 
And the uh, best friends the next day. Best friends, yeah, mm. yeah, within the hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, unless one one wants to leave the house for the night. But yeah, but, yeah, it, but there's and that was one thing I always prided. I you know, told people I was so proud of um, that we never held a grudge in in our immediate family. That is terrific, and I, I love the fact none of you guys define yourselves as rugby league players. None of you define yourselves as superstars. Um, you smiled straight away when speaking about yeah. the family. So it was obviously a family with a lot of love in the house. Yeah. Did a bit tough from time to time, but a lot of love in the house, which is a terrific start. Did the nickname Pearl come from back then or was that a, a later given nickname? Who no. was responsible? Yeah, that was a later given nickname. My nickname growing up was Bucko. Bucko? Uh, yeah, so yeah, anyone at home um, or anyone who's connected to me from home they don't call me Pearl. They call me Bucko, and they flat out call me Bomath. You know, the name that I was given, Stephen. <laughs> I think my my mum was the only one that called me Stephen. But um, when I was in trouble, when you're in trouble, who was responsible for Pearl? Yeah, it was uh, in reserve grade here at the Broncos. Okay. It's probably '89. Still in and out of first grade. Uh, Brooke Kennedy uh, was a second row that yeah. played Brooke, and um, he was a he was a good player. Brooke, I think he. I'm not sure who he played for. Might have been East. Here in Brizzy, but um, he was in the Broncos squad, and we were having a game of touch uh, one night uh, after training, as we finished off, you know, training back yeah. in the day. And, and I and Allery Hanley was a big thing back then, the Black yeah. Pearl, and I scored a try, and I was only eighteen, and mm. you know, new to the club, and I scored this try, and he's yelled out, "Oh, it's the Black Pearl," and that's it. That's that's how it stuck. Wow! And then, then everyone's obviously gone, unbeknownst to me, uh, and everyone goes. Oh, yeah, we'll call him the Black Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> so that is very cool from an unlikely beginning. I did one of these interviews, the Legend Series interviews with Larry Corowa. Back in the day, he yeah. was the Black Flash. Yes. He was the Black Pearl. Is that still politically correct now? Is it acceptable now? Larry well, said, yeah, I'm the Black Flash. Are you the Pearl or the Black Pearl? Yeah, well, it's, it's funny. I've morphed a bit. So, um, yeah, people still call me, hey, you know, if – they're really happy to say, oh, they got some black pearl, and yeah. that's great. Oh, it does not bother me. Mm. Uh, but my mates, like, you know, teammates and people who know me, it's just pearl. Yeah. Um, you know, Alf, he doesn't call, they don't call me Stephen. Yeah. I mean, like Kevy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just pearl. And um, But, yeah, the fans, you know, I hear them, you like, hey, the black pearl, and it, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, mate. I love that answer. And, and I say this, you've done more for Indigenous programs and Indigenous education than most, and, and that should be commended. Uh, but while you're an advocate for the Indigenous, I think we're along the same lines. doesn't matter what colour you are. It doesn't matter what religion you believe. It doesn't matter where you were born, if you're gay, if you're straight. I think you and I both define people as there are good people and there are bad people, and it, the rest of it just doesn't count. Yeah, and that's right. And, and, and you know, and that, that's, that's life. Um, yep. You know, we want things to be better in certain areas, and you know, you, you strive for that. And yeah. when when someone uh, comes to me, and I, I love their passion because we, you know, I've worked in this space for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, around racism and and around you know whatever. Um, but there's there's things you can do to assist in that. You bet. Um, but I, I still say, like, just with racing, but we, you never, that's never going to be zero. Mm. I don't, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, but there's people who you can not persuade or just talk to. Educate. Educate. Yeah. Yeah, educate. And, you know, the best person, I heard this story, and I, I won't go through the story, but someone who does this really well um, is Preston Campbell. Yeah. And, and, and stuff that he does, he tells a story about uh, someone made a racist comment towards him, and he didn't 
saying he didn't blow up. He yeah. just walked back to them and actually said, oh, "Hey, how you going? I just want to explain to you." And he explained a situation and wow. how that you know what I mean. And um, you know, I, I don't know if I'd be, I don't wouldn't have the patience. To yeah, <laughs> some, but but you know what I mean. But you yeah. learn that over the time, and mm. um, and that's that's just around racism. That, that's okay, but it's in in all areas. I mean. There are going to be people who think what they think. Yes. And, um, you know. We can't control everyone, can we? No, we can't. And um, the way we were brought up, and I've I've talked about this publicly before, uh, our mum and dad were, you know, oh, such and such said this to us. And they said, don't worry about it. Yeah, They don't know any, you know. And my mum and dad, so we're pretty thick-skinned, our family. So we let a lot of things bounce. Mm. um, Because I thought, well, why would we spend time worrying about that? Get on with your own life. You know, get on with your own life. Don't worry about what they think. 87, you signed with the Broncos, who hadn't even debuted as an entity back then. How did it work back then uh, in terms of <laughs> recruitment and, and whatnot? How did you end up at the Broncos? Yeah, look, I think that sort of that started. Um, when you make the state system, as I said earlier, uh, made the state 16s, yep. open school boys. So you're in the system, even though you don't know it. They weren't really scouts around, yeah. but I was fortunate enough that a, a guy called Ed Scott um, was, and Ed's actually played, I think, Queensland rugby. He might have played uh, Brisbane for, for rugby league, but he was a, an older uh, bloke at the time, you know, and, he, and he's still going, Ed. He, he's, he's such a lovely man. Yeah. He approached me after the Australian, uh, the Queensland schoolboys team that I was in, and I went back to Merg, and he was running the YMCA, and I'd go up there and train, and... He said, uh, what's your plans for next year, uh, you know, with Rugby League? Because I wasn't sure what he was talking about. Yeah. I was still at high school. And he goes, uh, I said, oh, what, footy? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, I want to play first grade. He goes, oh, great. And he said, yeah, yeah, for the Mergen Mustangs. So that was my plan. Wow. <laughs> so, How cool. And he goes, oh, just think a bit broader. And so this is 87, mind you. Yeah. So it already been announced that the new teams are coming in. Yeah. Um, which was obviously uh, Brisbane, Newcastle and Gold Coast. Yes. Um, so they were coming in in 88. And he said, look, I know John Rebo. How about I send him a letter uh, with your parents' permission? I was still 17. Um, and have a chat to John and wow. see if he's interested. And it, it's funny how it all worked. And a couple of weeks later, Reeves drove uh, – sorry, Wayne Bennett drove up. We get the call or we see um, Ed and he said, oh, look, Wayne Bennett's coming up to meet you and meet your family. And that imagine, wow. well, we just pat. It was like, wow, Wayne Bennett's coming to our house, which he did. Um, so he come and said, "G'day." I had a cup of tea with mum and dad, and then it's gone back to Brizzy. Obviously, liked what he saw. Yeah. And um, next minute, we got a phone call. Um, John Rebo's coming up. He's got a three-year contract for you. And so Reeves drove up then, and then I got a photo that was in the local rag, the South Bend at Times, of me, mum, Ed Scott, and with Reeves, and I signed my first contract. That is a brilliant yarn. Uh, Brisbane's first season was 88, as we well know. Your journey had started there, but your first grade journey started uh, debut game, April 2, 1989. What do you remember? What do I remember? Oh, wow. It was at Campbelltown. Yeah. <laughs> we were playing West. It was wet. It was. A, the, I still remember the sheds, and I, I don't think they were uh, – they weren't accidentally wet. Uh, the, no. The, they were concrete. and uh, Someone had had the hose out that someone morning. Someone cleaned out before yeah. after reserve grade, um, so just to surprise us. So it, it was April. It was it was getting pretty cool. And mm. I still remember that it was the old, um, at Campbelltown, the old track, and it was, 
it'd been rainy, it was a bit sticky. Ooh. And uh, so that was my debut, and I debuted on the wing outside yeah. of Chris Johns. And it was just one of the – I think we won that 8-4. It, was, it ended up being a pretty close match because it was – Yes. And, um, yeah, and I, I – I, I, you know, it wasn't too much happening for me, but I remember I was quite happy, uh, you know, with the game because we'd won. Uh, you know, Greg Dowling was in the team, Wally was in the team. And uh, I still remember I, – I think I did – I chased down uh, – was it uh, Cogger? The winger that used Trevor to, Cogger. Trevor Cogger. And I think his, his son might be playing yeah, at the moment. Jack's playing at the moment for yeah, the Panthers. Yeah, because he was pretty quick and I yeah. chased him from the opposite side of the field and, and all the boys thought that was great, you know. And, and to get, you know, guys like Greg Dowling say, well done, mate, yeah. Yeah, to, as a young fella. Um, and I, that's one thing I do remember because outside of that, there wasn't too much else going on for me. <laughs> you mentioned Greg Dowling. You mentioned uh, Wally Lewis. Mick Hancock, Tony Curry, Chris Johns, Alan Langer, Sam Bacco, Gene Miles. Oh, yeah. These are guys that you would have watched from the lounge as a child idolising. Oh, man. Well, could you imagine that uh, when I was selected that week, I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, it was my, in my second year of my apprenticeship here at the Marta Hospital. And I thought, wow, how quickly is this? Where's this come from? Yeah. And and then to train with them for the first time. Yeah. And I and I thought, we've got to go and play a game here because training was even harder. So then reserve grade, a lot quicker. So that even the training sessions wow. in the in the lead up to that game, I thought, oh my God, how am I going to keep up here? Yeah. Um but it was just one of those things and I remember we go down to the old camper down travel lodge and I, I yes. room with Chris Johns. Johnsy. And, there you and go. I, I always, you know, I talk about room with Mick, but um, I had a chat with Johnsy uh, not long ago, and he's always been good to me. So my first day of the Broncos ever, um, I was with Chris Johns and Billy Noak. They come from St George, yeah. So I spent the day in the car with them, and we, and we had our first training camp. Um, I was straight. I graduated mm. high school the night be, day before, and we were down at Crowbourne for our first training um, camp. And I spent all day with Chris Johns and Billy Noak, and I'm still mates with both them. But I catch up with Johnsy a lot. Mm. these days and he's still really good to me you know he's just a good bloke Pertec has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual ultimate Bathurst experience with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital the winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year with a number of behind the scenes experiences all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity all put together by the great team at Pertec. I have spoken to a few of your teammates from this era. I asked them what was a young Pearl like, <laughs> and there was no bullshit in Steve Renoff. You were all ears. You listened and you absorbed everything from everyone. That's a wonderful trait for a young bloke to have. Yeah, well, you, you know, it's it's there for the taking. When mm. and when you when you got guys and you can say, you know, different people are known for different reason. And and when you got guys like that, and I still remember, um, you know, when I was in reserve grade and we were going out the train in the first grade, and I always remember this. 
and there's a little um, alleyway between the toilets, um, the the gym and the old gym and the train training room. Yeah, across paths there uh, when I was going at the train for reserve grade with Wally Lewis, and he stopped, and he says, "Hey, hey, Stevie, how you going, mate?" And he said, um, "Nice to meet you." Uh, you know, even though I met him, but he, he sort of and he said, "Oh, you're um, you're from Ner- Mergen, like Nebo, because he played with obviously Brian Nebling." Yeah. And- and I thought, wow, the king just stopped to have a chat to me. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and then you, when you got all that around you, you just you do absorb stuff. Yeah, and um, you know Wayne Bennett was good at helping that as well. Ten games in '89, just the four in '90, but a bit of history. The club's first trophy was actually won in that year, reserve grade premiers. You were part of that, and I reckon it must have been a frustrating two years for you. I may be wrong, but just the 14 first-grade games, the question is what changed in 1991 or that off-season? You exploded. For Brisbane early in the season, you became a Maroon. What changed? It's not overnight, but what changed in an off-season? Well, I'll tell you the reason why I played the the handful of games in 90, I... um, I, th- I think we won the pre-season comp, and early on I got bought into the team. I think Jacko might have got dropped and I got bought in. Yep. But I had a stress fracture in my shin. Okay. Um, so I couldn't play. So I was out for six, seven weeks with Jeez. the stress fracture. So then, funny enough, um, he called Willie Kahn and Paul Hoff into the team. Yeah. And they just exploded. So their first game, they aced it, and I just couldn't find my way back couldn't into that team. In. To be honest, and and that's why that season went like it did. And so for me, I knew that Wayne had me marked to could that for ninety yeah. to come into the first grade team, and I just had to go away, um, you know, suck it up. Um, that mm. you know, that's injuries, and it set me back. But the the good thing about that, I went into the successful reserve grade team that won the grand final, yeah. so I won the club's first grand, and that was great. And um, but then to um, yeah, I was hungry that that that. That ninety one to to get a full time spot and Wayne we chatted about it. he said mate you got to play that well I can't keep you out of this team because you you can imagine what I was thinking back in eighty nine mm. when in ninety um, as a young center who was playing on the wing he signs you know Tony Curry Dale Shearer Peter Jackson they're all international yep. centers they can all you know rarely played centers yeah and I was thinking. What have I got to do here? What, mm. what, what, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and Wayne just said that to me. He said, you play that good in reserve guard. I can't keep you out of this team. So that's what I did. Is honesty and honest to a fault. Um, you're still an apprentice electrician at this stage? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I finished my apprenticeship in 92. So when my first run, my first grand final, I was still a fourth-year apprentice at the Marta Hospital. That's brilliant. I, I was king after that. I got back in '93 and all my tradies and yeah, and I, you know, I remember one of them saying, "Oh, we were digging a ditch and it was hot. It was summer." John Hunter was his name. He, I had a couple of good mates here who were tradies, and so I'm nine, I'm 22 and I'm digging a ditch on the side of the Marta Hill, and and I said, "Oh, mate, it's your turn now." He goes, "No, no, no, you keep going." And I said, "No, what?" And he goes, <laughs> "No, you keep." Going. I said, "Mate, I just want a grand final. See you later." <laughs> How did life change in 91? You'd gone from reserve grade, fringe first grader to one of the game's genuine superstars in eight months. Did life change? I mean, how bloody good was the ride? It was, mate. And it, it, was, it, was, it was good because, you know, I'd 
I'd got married in 90 as well. Okay. Um, we were married when we were 19, uh, my ex-wife and I. And um, So we, we were both – she was an apprentice hairdresser. Okay. Um, you know, we, we bought our first house in, in 1990, both of us as – um, apprentices. Wow. Who, who does that? I think it was 40 and three quarter percent. <laughs> was it right? Something ridiculous. Brutal. So, um, but we did it and, um, you know, but, and things sort of launched then because we obviously, um, yeah, at the end of 92, um, you know, we had our first son and so we had, we were, we were very planned and this is my ex-wife, we were, we were planned with what we were going to do. Mm. So I was very fortunate during my career that I grounded. Got, I was grounded and I was yeah. with her because that's the way she thought. Yep. And it all worked out. 92, 93, a winning ratio of 80% plus state of origin, plus you're a kangaroo. Tina Turner wants to be in ads with you. <laughs> um, and you finished those season with, with two premierships. What a ride. Let's start with 1992. What stands out from the GF? From the GF, I. I it's got to be that relief. I mean, obviously, I could say the obvious in the try, but that it, it was about let's go prior. You know, we're getting ready in the sheds and and we're all a bit nervous, but we still had that air of confidence. We, yeah. we just knew that we had them. Yep. We, we did. And um, then to go out and see, you know, the Elf's tries and, um, yeah, and it, it was just – it, it's it's really hard to explain, I bet. especially as a kid, because it was probably one of my quieter games. I, I, I got a bit nervous, which I, I don't re- usually get nervous. But, okay. Um, and then when I got that ball, and my mum was in the so the thing down my mum was there. I got she was up oh, in, in, in the main stand when I scored that try, and she was in my thought process halfway. At halfway, I thought, really? I know mum's up there cheering, and um, so yeah, she was up there, and it was it was really emotional for me. I bet it was, and um, but yeah, it was it was so good, and then to see her after the game, and you know, because my dad had passed earlier mm. in '92, and um, you know, he wasn't there, but um, it was just one of those things, and it w- was really emotional. But then to see all my teammates' faces yeah. after the game, it was just we couldn't believe it, to be what, honest. What a lovely recollection of two really positive parts of your life, your mother. And the try, and you're able to link them together in one story. Yeah, there's a, oh. she. So she came down with obviously the Broncos um, and, and the sponsors, and she was sitting around Donna Lynch and the guys from oh. from the radio, you know, the media people. Yeah. And when I took off on that try, she's not a drink, obviously, and that they're all drinking beer around it. So she's got up and just sprayed. She stood on the seat and just sprayed grog over everyone. Oh, <laughs> just, yes. Like, and she was up cheering me, and I, I've heard that from other people that are around. That were around her, and um, oh. yeah, she would have been so happy. Uh, I and I can understand why I really can. Random question in the middle of all this: Is that your favourite try out of all of them? Because it, it, for many people, it's one that's defined you. Yeah, it, it has, and it, I, 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 it, yeah, it has to be because it, it um, because it was our first grand final, yeah. and it, there's so many things around that, and mm. we didn't realise what. That win meant till we got back to Brisbane Airport. Yeah. And you would have heard the other boys speak about this. And, like, once again, I'm getting goosebumps. But Mick Hancock and I were, were carrying the shit. It was either the, the cup or the, um, the JJ Gilton yeah. off the gantry. We had no idea what was waiting at the Brisbane Airport. You didn't know if anyone was there. Wow. And we could hear this buzz at the end of the, walk, you know, the walkway. And it's like, 
And we're, so I'm going to meet, what the, what's that? What's yeah. going on there? It's because we sort of let it out because we we're at the front of the plane. Mm. And we just walked out and the whole airport was just packed and yeah. we just was just massive cheer. And that went on right into the city. And then it was the same at, in City because Hall. Because people were lining the streets, that airport drive. Airport is, drive, yeah. we go to City Hall, that was packed. Um, you know, then we go over to the Broncos and that was packed and we all got um, body surfed yeah. over to the club. Elf ended up making it over in jocks, I think. They stripped yes. him on the way. He didn't mind. I, I reckon he was taking his gear off as he was that, going over. He was doing it, yeah. <laughs> but we we had no idea that was going to happen. So that, mm. that, that that's what made 92 so special, to be honest. And, um, you know, we still to this day, we, we can't believe that we were a part of that. It's amazing how much a game can mean to people that don't actually play in it. What I'm saying is... I think at that moment you realise just how special rugby league can be to the average guy and what a difference it makes in their lives. Yeah. These people are celebrating like they've won something. Yeah. Uh, it's just their team's won something. And, and that's what we, we felt. This is not just ours. Awesome. This, this is not just Brisbane. This was Queensland. Yeah. So we, we, you forget about that. It, it was, that was Queensland. Yep. Um, and so there would have been a lot of people down here that weren't from Brisbane and, mm. um, and we really appreciated that and – and that, that's something, as I said, we, we hold and, um, you know, the board, I, I know the board, they, they still to this day, if they were, they were in that team, they're still bamboozled how and why that happened. And yeah. we, we sort of know why. But, yeah, um, that is terrific. Uh, Twelve months later, same two sides, same result. What's the highlight of this one, 93? Well, it was, it was more a relief from, just because of the position we came yeah. from. Um, we, we were disappointed in where we finished, um, but it showed the character of that team. Um, yep. You know, we had, we had a couple of injuries. I, was, I had the broken jaw and Terry Madison uh, popped his shoulder in one of the semis, but still played on, should have had That's an off. That's right, yeah. Um, I don't know how Box did that, but he did it. Um, I know how he did it, but, you know, for him to still come out and play mm. the way he did uh, was just amazing. Um, and it just showed the character of the team. Um, Yep, we were we won ninety two. We were cocky, and mm. you know, but we we're confident. I would yeah. say we were too cocky. We were confident, um, and the year the year didn't finish like we wanted to. But we knew that we still were better than most teams. Yeah, and that's what we had to carry through. And um, you know, and we brought Wendell into the team, Willie Carmu to the centres, and they just aced right. it. Yeah. You know, and they the, the wins they had, I think, against Canberra and Manly. In the semis, I think yeah. um, the they beat them comprehensively. Yeah, you know? they beat they, them by a lot of points, and um, that's where I thought, "Oh, well, I'm not going back in this team." <laughs> Your world had changed dramatically in a few years. Everyone would know who you are. Most wanted to be your mate. Some wanted to make a name for themselves. There was an incident, as you mentioned, back in Mergen, the back end of '93, that was horrible. It sadly shows. But there is a downside to being a superstar at times, I guess. Yeah, you, the people, um, yeah, who, who want to bring you down, and sometimes that can be your own people and mm. um, or people you know, and, yeah. and it's unfortunate. But then once again, there was alcohol involved, so mm. it, it was just that. That's never a good mix. But uh, I tell you, the period go forward where I saw that just in the general public. Yeah, and I don't know if you're going to ever talk about this in this series, but Super League. Yeah. Copped it on the streets here in Brizzy, just to my face. Really, you're a grub, money hungry grub. 
Um, it was just like, come on, like really? And yeah, and there was never any altercation. I just ignored it. Yeah, at a trough in, in at the cricket in the toilet. Yeah, a grub, you know, and stick your their head in your face or you or you at the trough. Wow. And you're just going, come on, mate, really? I didn't think there'd be a lot of that in Brisbane because, you know, the Broncos were news limited owned. They were they were news limited aligned. Not everyone in, in Brizzy went for Brizzy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you you figured out okay. very quickly. And, um, you know, that happened a fair bit. Um, you know, just random. And it was a really funny period. Not not to jump ahead on, on no. that. But if you talk about that sort of stuff of being loved and... Mm. You really saw the other side during that period. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend Series starts your working week, featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns. 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced, and if you like a laugh with your footy, this is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon, legends.